Hello, everybody. Welcome back. So we, like always, we're gonna start with our recap. <laughs> so I'm last episode. So incredible. All right. So, <laughs> so sorry, guys. In the last episode, ladies and gentlemen, everything fucking goes down, right? Dong is like, I want that guy Ubu in my in my team, right. and he gets him on his fucking team. So, because he fucking cuts his honor father's head off. Yeah, like and then, and then, and then Dong Zhuo is like, oh, you want to be my honor son? That's fine. Like, doesn't <laughs> see a fucking problem there. Yeah, so, my guy Kevin Durant, I mean, Lubu, uh, basically switches teams and, <laughs> you know, he's just like, yeah, like, this is my father now. And his father, for whatever reason, got a taste for genocide. So... He's just being a really shitty ruler, and he goes around just slumping anyone he feels like. He just went to a random town and said, yo, you know what would be crazy? Let's kill all these guys in here. <laughs> and, you know, shit's crazy. One guy in the court is, like, really fucking sad. So he decides to lie to everybody that has a birthday. And turns out it's not his birthday. He's just sad and wants to be sad with everyone else. That, like, no, we look all at me. My people are oppressed. Oh, wow, that's crazy. And, you know, Tao Tao comes in. He's like, like, dude. Let's just slump this guy in the court. Let's just slump Dong Zhuo. And, you know, he goes in, pulls out the dagger, you know, because cause my man gives him the dagger. And he's like, all right, I'm about to go, I'm about to go, like, cap him. And he gets into his room and... Gets into his bed. In be- his bed. And unsheaths his dagger. And although before this, Lubu has been riding Dong Zhuo's dick pretty hard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, he's literally around him all the time. But yeah. Dong Zhuo made him go get a horse. For <laughs> find a stallion. For our friend here, yes. the fine stallion. Yes, Tao Tao is like, I'm about to make my move. Okay, and so then he gets in bed with him. Yep, and that's where we end. Okay, all right, perfect. I love these colorful retellings. <laughs> <clears throat> so, as we discussed last episode, Tao Tao unsheathes the blade <clears throat> and approaches Don Draw. Although Don Draw was turned away from Tao Tao, he was not actually sleeping. He was just slightly closing his eyes to grow his spirit, as we as we Chinese people like to yes, call it. Yes, can you explain? So I will elaborate on this. Growing one's means. spirit is kind of like when you're just laying there and your eyes are closed or semi-closed and you're not really sleeping or you're not trying to sleep. You're kind of just like meditating. Or it's what your boyfriend tells you when he doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Or that. Word. So, <laughs> so, as, the, so as the blade cleared the scabbard, there was a flash of steel that reflected in the inner beam of the bed that kind of caught Dong Zhuo's eye. I mean, you're kind of laying there and you kind of hear and you see this like flash of light and, it, and, you're, and he's like, hmm? So Dong Zhuo turns around, catching Tao Tao red-handed with the blade out. And at the same time, Lu Bu has already arrived outside the house. With oh the my horse. god! So like a deer in headlights, Tao Tao freezes. No. But in his shock and desperation, Tazo comes out with the roots. So he drops to one knee and raises the blade above his hand, head. And he says, Sir, I came across this treasure dagger. Today, I come to present it to you. The plays. What a fucking... Fuck, 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 bro. <laughs> so don't you want... Surprise. But he turns to Glee as he eyes this blade. It's a beautiful blade. I mean, seven rare jewels embedded onto this blade. And in daylight, the jewels all look the same. The better but... to kill you with, my dear. 
<laughs> but under the moon, each jewel glowed a distinct color. Seven different colors. It's called the Seven Star Dagger. Dong Zhuo gladly accepts this blade as Lu Bu walks into the room. Does it have any significance? Yeah, it's it's a Taoist, like a Taoist Like what's up religious with the seven symbol. and the seven different colors? It's a seven constellations. It's okay. kind of like a Taoist thing. Uh, I don't know too much about it. Because like, there are is, seven chakras. Yeah, and I'm it, like... it, it is important. It is The seven is definitely important. Lu Bu walks into the room and he says, The horse is prepared, my lords. Tazo comes outside to look at the horse, drenched in cold sweats, heart still beating very fast. <laughs> I mean, just slowly calming down. And as he's walking, Dondrill's like talking to him about like the horse and stuff. And you yes, know, of course, the horse. Tazo's, yeah, Tazo's not hearing any of this. <laughs> and he looks over and he sees Lu Bu eyeing him. And he's kind of like, okay. Uh, so the heart that he's just calming down right now immediately picks back up. And they walk into the, they, they walk towards this horse and they come out here and they see this horse tied to a post and it's like this gorgeous stallion but of course Tato's not paying any attention to that right now and Dondro's trying to talk to him you know about this horse the origin of this horse the life story of this horse Aww. and Tato's, Tato's like all he can manage to say is what a stallion but I wonder how it feels to ride and Dondro says don't you worry. You can go take it for a test drive. If you don't like it, bring it back. We'll get you a new one. What the hell? <laughs> Dope car. You're a Nissan. <laughs> and, don't, and I mean, Tazo's like, all right, sounds good. So he gets on the horse. Yeah, bye. And he smacks the horse <laughs> on the ass. And the horse doesn't move. <gasps> and no. Tazo, and t- what's wrong? Well, the horse is still tied to the post. Oh. <laughs> and Dundra bursts out laughing. He's like, well, they say, you know, warriors love their horse. And it looks like you're no exception to that rule. And, and Tazo's like, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, you know, let me just untie this horse. Uh, I'll see you later. So he gets on the horse and he runs away. Wait, what does that mean? It's a, it's a saying. Warriors love their horses. Yeah. Like, it's like. But why does him smack? Is this, it's not a euphemism. No, it's not. No, horse no. action. No, he, he, smacks, he smacks the smacks horse. ass like, let's like, get the let, figgity yeah, fuck let's, out let's of here. Let's get out of here. I don't know. I was just, you don't know. That's, I don't when know. you smack a horse in the butt, I haven't it, eaten and I'm drinking wine. <laughs> I don't know what you nope, want from me right now. you're reading way too much into this. Sex crazed person. Um, Imagine. <laughs> what the fuck? So, obviously, Tato runs away. Uh, doesn't come back. So Dondro turns to Lu Bu and says, Okay, well, let's go Guess back he in. he likes the horse. Yeah, let's go back in. And um, <laughs> Lu Bu is still standing there. Just looking in the direction that Tato has run off on. I feel like it might have been better if he did come back. And Li Bu looks over to Tata and says, "What was?" Our... Wait, looks over to Li Bu looks over to Dongro and says, "What was Tata here for?" And Dongro's like, "Well, he came here to show and uh, present me with a blade." Yeah, he did. And Li Bu says, "To your kidneys." It seemed like he was real suspicious. You know, it seemed like he might have had intentions to assassinate you. Dongro's like, "No, oh, that's my nigga, bro." No, and and. At, at this point, Li Su, uh, Shaji Li, Li Su, comes out, and and he's like, what's going on, guys? I just saw Tato run out the city like somebody was chasing him. And Dongzhuo was like, huh. We were just discussing how Tato might have been trying to assassinate me. We? And we were like, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're good to go. So Shaji Li is like, all right, tell me the whole story. So Dongzhuo tells the entire story to Shaji Li. And Shaji Lee says, you know, that does seem suspicious. 
Sorry, if you hear a thumping, that's my dog. Trying to kill his own toy. Yes, trying to kill his own toy. Because he is enraged by this story. (laughs) Um, He's caught the Tao Tao fever. (laughs) So, Tao Tao, or so, Strategy Lee says, you know, that does seem likely. I mean, who presents a blade with the blade out of the scabbard? Like, that doesn't (sighs) seem real. Is that really a thing? Because don't not, you like yeah, when you present a sword? You're not you? supposed to. No, you leave it in the. You leave it in the scabbard. Yeah. You leave them to like. Yeah. Open yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. So tragically, you know, catch catching that catching that detail. So he says, "Why don't we do this? We'll send someone to get Tao Tao, saying that you have something else for him. And if he comes, he's probably not guilty. Yes. And if come. he doesn't, then he's definitely guilty. So Dongzhuo is like, okay, you know, I'm not gonna be mad yet." Let's get someone to go. Let's send for someone to go get Cao Cao. <laughs> of course, Cao Cao's long gone by now. Yep. So those, you know, those guards that went to, you know, fetch Cao Cao comes back and says, you know, we went to his, we went to his uh, estate and he wasn't there. You know, everything didn't seem packed, but he, he, he's gone. Don't drool. Ha! You sly dog Cao Cao. I got you this time. I treated you so well, how dare you try and assassinate me? So in his rage, he orders the um, Imperial Court to draw pictures of Cao Cao and post them everywhere throughout the nation and in order to capture him. So what's Cao Cao doing at this time? He's running for his life. So he's sticking to side roads, sticking to small towns, trying not to rouse suspicion. So he arrives at this one particular town. And he's pretty tired. He's traveling nonstop. He goes in for a drink. Um, and he's sitting there drinking when a few guards came, approach him, holding one of his pictures. And Tazo was kind of like hiding uh-huh. his face. Uh, no, that's not me. And um, <laughs> the guards comes up to him, sees him. Yeah, that, that's him. Takes him away and drags him to the local town magistrate. So Tata is kneeling in front of this magistrate, and the magistrate says, "Is this picture you?" Tata goes, "Nah, my name is Wang Ping, and I'm just here to peddle my goods." And the local magistrate is like, "Oh yeah, where are your goods then?" Uh... <laughs> I'm a prostitute. Yeah, in my, my unsheathed dagger. So, Tzal says, no, sir, you definitely have the wrong person. I am not that person in the picture. The local magistrate, ha ha, you don't think I know you? We've met before. <gasps> Maybe you're rich and famous and don't remember me, but we met a long time ago. Take him down and put him in the jail. Later that night, the magistrate comes to visit Cao Cao in the jail. He says to Cao Cao, So Cao Cao, why did you try and assassinate Dong Zhuo? I mean, he treated you really well. Why did you want to kill him? I seemed a little dishonorable to me. Cao Cao looks at him and laughs. What do you know? Dong Zhuo is a Han rebel. He oppressed the emperor and the entire empire and brutalized all the citizens. If you can't understand why I decided to assassinate him, then I have nothing to say to you. Damn. The local magistrate laughs. I'm so sorry, sir. My name is Chen Gong, and although I am only a lowly magistrate here, I believe 
my skills may be of some use to you. What? I let, just got chills. <laughs> let me serve you. I will I will follow you into battle. I, I may not be a warrior, but I will devise strategies. And... I may have no skill, but I am up to the task. <laughs> so, Tazo is very happy about this. And, of course, he's like, you're saving my life. How can, you, how can I not recruit you? So he takes them and they escape together. Still sticking to side roads and, um, you know. So under the night, they escape. And the next day, they're riding along side by side. And they just hear behind them, hey, you up there. Are you by chance Tao Tao? Yeah, no. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> who, who's that, though? Both men grabs their swords, turn around. Um, and it turns out it's just an old, close family friend. Um, who was like a sworn brother to Tal-Tal's father. Um, he's an old man. He's riding on his little donkey. And, and he's approaching them. And he invites them over to stay at his house for the night. And they kind of agree because, you know, why not? He trusts the guy. So they go to their house. And they're drinking tea. And um, it, they're sitting in their waiting room, like drinking tea and stuff. The waiting room. The, <laughs> no. guest the living room. room. The living room. Guest room. The old man says, I'm going to go and fetch some wine for a feast tonight. So he goes to the local town to get wine and leaves. So as they're sitting, drinking tea, suddenly they hear the sound in the backyard. And it sounds like somebody's sharpening a blade. <gasps> and Chen Gong, and Tassel turns to Chen Gong and says, do you hear that? Uh, no. No, I don't hear I that. I hear nothing. Word. A little while goes by, and Tata hears, Hey, you think we should just go ahead and kill them, or do you think we should tie them up first and then kill them? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Hearing this, Tata almost drops his tea, looks up, and looks at Chen Gong and says, Did you hear that? And Chen Gong says, uh, No, sir, I, I, I didn't hear anything. It's just the horses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Tata says, I just heard them sharpening blades earlier, and it sounded like they're going to try to kill us. Why don't we use the element of surprise and strike first? So... Chengo's like, wait, hold on, let's think about this for a second. Tazo's like, nope. Thinking is too light. So he grabs his sword, he goes backyard, he pulls out his sword, he kills everybody he encounters without, with, with extreme prejudice. Word. Uh, only when without they kind of. Without prejudice? No, with extreme prejudice. Or without prejudice because he kills everybody, yeah. but he kills everyone with. With prejudice. With prejudice. Cool, cool, cool. I see, yes. I see, I see. There we go. So. Only when Tato's blood lust has been sated, he kind of calms down a bit. They, they kind of wander into the kitchen and they see a pig tied up on the floor. <gasps> no! Oh my god. No! 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 <laughs> That's a knee slapper. Whoops. Oh. No! They met the pig the whole time. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, man. So seeing his grave mistake, Tato is just shaken with regret. But he says, look, it already happened. We might as well just... Continue we on. We might as well just continue on. With we'll, the feast? We'll, or No, we're gonna... We're oh just, let's, set, let's set fire to the estate. Let's get rid of all the evidence. I mean, no one's left alive, and let's just let's just go. Chengo's obviously not happy about this. Of course not. Yeah, what is wrong with you? And he's like, okay, he wants to argue, but, you know, seeing that he... Telltale has already made up his mind, he's like, okay... So they set fire to the entire stay and they're leaving. And as they're leaving, the old man is returning from getting the wine. And he sees them leaving. He's very confused. He says, where are you guys going? And Tato says, 
Sorry, friend. We are wanted fugitives, and we cannot stay long. We deeply apologize for the trouble that we caused you, but thank you for your hospitality. And the old man is trying to, like, get him to stay. He's very confused. But his house is, like, on fire. No, this is, like, they're, they're, they're a ways off on the house at this point. So he hasn't even seen his house he on fire? He hasn't seen the house on fire. What a surprise. So Chengo, Chengo is, like, almost in tears at this point. He's like, old man, just, 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 just go home. Just go home. <laughs> and the old man's like, okay. Like, he, and then he turns around and leaves. And as he turns around and leaves, Tato rushes up to the old man. No! And strikes him down with the sword. No! And Jingles is shocked. He says, why the hell did you do Bro! that? And Tazo says, we can't leave any witnesses. I mean, he's, he's going to go home. He's going to report <laughs> us. We must have the courage to do what must what must be done. It must be done. And he turns around and looks at Chengo. And Chengo says, isn't this wrong? And and and, and Tazo looks at Chengo and says, a famous quote, I'd rather, I'd rather betray the world than let the world betray me. Oh my god. Tell me, yo. <laughs> Holy crap. And Chengo hears it, and he's, and he's puzzled. And that night, they, they went to bed. And Chengo is furious, and, and, and he, he gets up in the middle of the night, he pulls out his sword, and he says, I'm going to end Tao right here. For the good of this country, I do not think that he can be a kind and just ruler. Um. But he tries, but he can't bring himself to kill a defenseless man in his sleep. I mean, <laughs> Tao has no fucking problem. It's Tao Tao, okay. But this begs the question. I'm not crying. I, my eyes are watering and I don't know why. But this begs <laughs> so the question. No, it's only one eye. This begs the question, who who is worse? The man who's like, oh, they're going to kill me, I have to kill them. Or the man who just rides up on villages with his whole army and slaughters an entire village of people. Uh, what a a famous... Um, Poet, I believe it was Shakespeare that said both. <laughs> both. <laughs> both. Kill them all. So both, I, mean, both I do think awful. I do think Tato has a point. Like, Tato, Tato, I mean, I mean, he made right? an honest mistake. <laughs> <laughs> it was an honest mistake. What? It was a horrible mistake, but it was an honest mistake. Do you hear that, that listeners? It's an honest <laughs> and, mistake. And, so and then know. he was kind of like, we can't really just leave, and then. You know, the old man's going to report us to the cops. That's fair. And then, like, we'll be pursued. I know. Like, I, and we'll right. die. Like, you know, you, you kind of have to... For the you good gotta, of the realm. Yeah. So, Jesus. anyway, so Chengo is furious. He tries to kill him. He can't do it. So he leaves him without a word. Um, so Tata wakes up the next morning, sees that Chengo is gone, and he thinks, oh, I guess the thing I said yesterday, I'd rather betray the world than let the world betray me, must have really, you know, hit a nerve. So he thinks, okay, um, what could go wrong? You know, he's not gonna go and ever oppose me again. I'll never see the guy again. Oh you know? no, that's so a he... foreshadowing right there. <laughs> so, so, he, so he goes home. He he goes home. He talks to his dad. He he says, Dad, I I'm ready to do good for this country and really restore the glory of the Han. So he his dad is very on board. So they scatter their entire family fortune buying horses, weapons, medals, hiring soldiers, recruiting heroes from everywhere to strike back against the tyranny of Dundral and restore glory to the Han. Okay, so I don't understand why Cao Cao couldn't just stay and they plot together. In court? No, 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 not in court, but like with this guy, what's his name? Chen Gong? Yeah, why couldn't he just stay with... Because they have name? no resources. Okay, but like... If this is what this guy is doing, 
why couldn't they do it together? Well, they Chingle wanted to. This but... is also not Disney Channel. He yeah. just slumped three <laughs> of his friends. But I'm a young white woman, and I don't know anything other than the Disney Channel. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, I mean... So he scatters his fortune, he hires a bunch of people, and a bunch of heroes, warriors, and important, strong warriors that come and join Cao Cao. And you'll hear about them later on, but a lot of them join them here. As well as a bunch of really strong, like, smart strategies, strategists that later become really important in the story. But I don't want to overwhelm you guys with names right now, so we're just kind of... Basically a bunch of really, there. really... He's assembling the Avengers right now. Oh, shit. Don't go as an Avengers level threat. Yeah, so... <laughs> so... In addition to boasting his own power, you know, he, Tata also sent letters to regional warlords everywhere to form a confederation, a coalition, to attack Dong Zhuo. The first letter he sent out was to Yuan Shao. Remember Yuan Shao, the prestigious family dude who Mm -hmm. ditched his position in court because he got in a fight with Dong Zhuo over a feast and then left? Well, Yuan Shao, his family is so prestigious and rich, he essentially, at this point, the estimation is over, like about 80% of all government officials in the country has some sort of relationship with Yuan Shao. So he's, he's, he's in there. He's in there. So Yuan Shao hears this, immediately gathers his troops, and goes to meet Cao Cao. And following his lead, 16 other regional warlords also join the coalition. So this brings the total amount of warlords to 18. This is an 18 coalition, 18 warlord coalition. Um, huge, huge. I would imagine. So they have millions of troops and they have camps spanning more than 200 li or 62 miles. I mean, they have a... Shit. Yeah, just imagine 62 miles with nothing but tents and flags. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's just huge army. I mean, the manpower that you had available to China at the time. I'm sure the numbers are a little exaggerated here, but... It's a huge army. Like That's from like warlords. here to Annapolis is yeah. 60 yeah. miles. It's, it's 18 regional warlords all from all over China. Oh my god. And there are some important warlords that we will touch on, but um, most of them are not really important at all to the and story. And each of these warlords basically have like their own Their own, their own army, armies. yeah. And their own generals. Fucking and their warlords. Own warlords. I would imagine yeah. you're not just gonna have like a like a tea party. <laughs> Oliver <laughs> and I, we are warlords together. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um... So they gather together and they kind of decide who should be the leader. And because Yuan Shao is the most prestigious, they elected Yuan Shao to be the coalition leader. But he's the one who wanted to bring Dong Zhuo in the first place. We're just gonna pretend like that. We're just gonna glaze over that. Uh, that never happened. Just like everyone forget that this happened? They don't, but like... But like it doesn't matter because we have to have someone. He also knows 80% of the people. Right. So you kind of had to make him the leader. He was kind of like, oh, no, I, I want I'm to be too the leader. Humble. I'm I have too no humble. Skill. But no, he, 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 he takes, of course, he takes it happily. And he assigns his brother, Yuan Shu, which is another important character that you'll hear about, who is also one of the regional warlords. Like, he's, he has his own people. He's not just his brother. He gives him the command of the military supplies. Yep. And Sun Jian, which is a young but very powerful warlord. So right now we have three, uh, two new names, right? So we have... Uh, Sun Jian and Yuan Shu and then we also have Yuan Shao and who are these people? so Yuan Shao we talked about Yuan Shu is the brother of Yuan Shao Only military warlord, military warlord has his own thing um, Sun Jian another warlord from the south he is famous he is very young he's probably like um, like early 20s 
like less than probably at this point. Damn. And he's a warlord. He's a warlord. He's a legendary. We're slacking. So this guys. this guy this guy he's uh, famed titled the Tiger of the South, Ooh. and he was born into a merchant family. He when he was a child, when he was still younger and a, and a child, he once single handedly killed an entire band of bandits to save his trading convoy. So he he's he's a certified badass like this guy. And the during the Yellow Turban Rebellion, he really like he really took over the South. Like, with his men, blood, sweat. Like, he took city by city and just, like... Is this a real person? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Most of these characters are real people. Are real people. Yeah. Like, 90% of these characters are real people. Because we remember, just for our listeners, that this is a fictionalized story that's based off of... I think that's an under... I think that's an over... I think I ...stretch of how fictional it is. Because right. it's... it's Like I said, it's 70% history, 30% mm-hmm. fiction. So mm-hmm. it's mostly history, but like so these people parts are real of it. People. Yeah, these people are one hundred percent real people. Parts of it are like embellished right. for story's right. sake. Like sixty-two mile. Yeah, that's probably a little bit. Of I would imagine. Yeah, it's a long way. Yeah, that's a lot of people. But if you think about it, you have a few million people like as, in an army. Like, that's no well. So and that's the other thing is that something that Yifan and I often talk about is European warfare versus Chinese warfare, and I think a lot of our listeners are going to be more familiar with European warfare. Right. And the that's numbers. something I'm so struck by is the numbers are just, and it's not just the numbers, it's that the numbers are actually trained soldiers, where in mm. European warfare, it's peasants with rudimentary training. Right. That's not the case in China. Yeah, there's a, there's a definitely, I mean, there's still a lot of conscription, like, so right. there's a lot of soldiers that come in with little experience, but... They're, they're, they have professional armies. Like, these warlords all have their own oh. professional... It's like a band pers- of mercenaries, yeah. but on roids. Exactly. And, I mean, there's ca- cavalry, there's archers, there's foot soldiers. I yeah. mean, it's it's not just the peasants who are coming out when they don't have anything else to do in their fields or because they need to be out right. because their feudal lord demands it of them. I mean, right. these are professional armies. Right. Like, Europe didn't see until... Yeah, the so, modern age. So imagine like like some version of three hundred Spartans tenfold. Um, yeah, like, like yeah. across yeah. more, <laughs> I mean, more these, like these guys. They they were trained than, like they were paid yeah. and trained twenty four seven. I mean like they were trained. They're paid. They're, they're, paid. they're paid to their be career. soldiers. Okay. Yeah, and they um and the other thing is the numbers like the manpower pool that they draw they they drew from at this time like it was hundred at this time the population of China was like in the hundreds of millions. And so having a one million people in the military is not. Can we remind people like, what year this would be? Oh God, I think it's like five hundred ish AD. Okay, so consider what Europe is doing in five hundred AD. We are doing nothing. It's not written down. We have no idea what we're doing in five hundred AD. We're not even. We haven't even been conquered by Vikings. The Han Empire, which is this, is currently at the tail end of the Han Empire. The Han Empire was concurrent with the Roman Empire. We're still in in tribal society in most of Europe. And China crazy. has millions, a million people in in this one army that we're talking about right now. Yeah. So just perspective. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. But, um, anyway, so we're talking about Sun Jian. So Sun Jian, Yuan Shao, Yuan Shu, the three new names, right? So they kind of start becoming more and more prominent characters from here. Um, so one other warlord who's not really that important right now, but his name is Gongsun Zan, and he is 
childhood friends with Liu Bei. Now Liu Bei, we're gonna go back to reminders. Liu Bei, Guan Yu, and Zhang Fei are the three honor brothers that we discussed. Which we have no idea where they've gone. Exactly, we have no idea where they've gone. So Sun Gong Sun Zhan, this this new warlord that his name doesn't really need to remember, he comes he comes in a little late. And why was he late? He bumped into our three honor brothers Oops. on the way here. And he um, saw Liu Bei and he says, Okay, man, we're, we're having this huge confederation of, of warlords to defeat Dong Zhuo. Like, don't you want to restore the glory of the Han? Come with us. So they join bands. So Liu Bei, Guan Yu, and Zhang Fei is in this party. And they're given seats of like minor importance because they're with Gong Sun Zan. So they're, they're able to get into the command tent with Gong Sun Zan because he's part of the warlord. He's one of the warlords. So he, they're able to get into the command tent, but nobody knows who they are. They're like nobodies at this point. Um, whereas Cao Cao at this point is. Cao Cao Yuan, Shao Yuan, Shu, Sun Jian. Everyone knows who they are. They're one of the warlords. They're already like a major power at this point, right? Um, so they're gathering. And Yuan Shao assigns Sun Jian as the vanguard. As the captain of the vanguard. And he will lead the charge in attacking Dong Zhuo. And the first place that they need to attack is called Hulao Pass. Um, now, I do want to kind of touch on what passes are like. So passes are like gates in major roads. Okay. So you have like like a million people in your army. You're not going to be just going over mm-hmm. and, you know, zerging and swarming over the entire enemy territory that's not how that works you have to transport your troops mm-hmm. so just because you have a million troops it means you have a lot of troops in reserve but not an entire million people can like take the field in a battle at a time you know that's not how that works so that makes it so it's a battle about choke points so hula pass is one of these choke points that you can defend easily with a small troop but you have to get through to get into like the major the main territory where the capital is which is Luoyang. Luoyang. So Dong Zhuo hears this news and he's sitting at home, he hears this news. Of course he's very worried. So he gathers his all his generals and his strategists together and asks what he should do. At this point, Liu Bu stands up and says, Father, there is nothing to fear. I view these 18 warlords as nothing but straw dolls. To threaten us, they must first pass through Hulao Pass. Give me an army and let me guard the pass. With me there, no one will get past. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Hearing this, is very relieved. He was just about to give Liu Bu the command and the command flag and everything. Wait! Why use an ox blade to slaughter chickens? I view taking the heads of these warlords as easy as reaching into my pocket for an item. Let me go instead. So there's two Chinese expressions in there. Word. What are the Chinese expressions? Uh, why use an ox blade to slaughter chickens? Basically, okay. like, why would you use it? Like, why right. are you going to use a nuke? That right. requires a grenade. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is reaching. So doing, you can describe doing something really easily as reaching into your pockets to for retrieve an, object. an, I, an, an object. object. Yeah. Can you say those in Chinese for us? Uh, so, shaji yan yong zai dao is the first one, and then the second one is tan nan chu is like easy as it's the only you know. reason I'm dating him guys <laughs> speaks sweet <laughs> okay so don't throw here's this 
Oh? Who made this beat? <laughs> Thinking, damn, I got a lot of talented people on my staff. Uh, the man who spoke was a large warrior who's got the body of a tiger, the waist of a wolf, the head of a leopard, and huge shoulders. Arms big like barrels. Face like the shell of a live crab, greenish and bluish, and curly beard and thick unibrow. His name was Hua Xiong. Here's a new name. I know there's a lot of names this episode, but we're starting to get into it, so it's going to get a little weird. But Hua Xiong, standing behind him, is a small soldier holding his huge blade. The thick, curved blade itself is approximately three feet long, with a long handle extending far back. The grooves in the blade were filled with bloodstains from the countless men he has slaughtered. Meow. Sheesh. This man was definitely not to be fucked with. No. <laughs> <laughs> that blood on his blade seemed like an invitation are, are to me. Are these quotes from the, from the book? Uh, yeah, exactly. This man word is not for word. to be fucked with. Word for word. So, Dondrono looks at him. He'll do the trick. <laughs> he immediately gives him 50,000 troops to hold the pass. Which is a small number. For his for China for for his army, but it's enough to hold a pass, a choke point such as Hula Pass. So I do want to say historically, the gates at this point haven't actually been built. Like the locations exist, they're still choke points, like right. geographically, but they're no like fortifications at this it's point. It's a natural yeah, it's a natural point. choke point. So, but in the story, the gates are actually there. Like there is actually fortification, at least in TV portrayal and things like that. They they actually. So what do you mean at this point there's not gates? Like historically There wouldn't be gates. There wouldn't be time. actual like castles and like gates. There are forts like guarding the actual past. In the but, portrayal there but are. in the portrayal, like in TVs and movies and things like that, they exist. But like in real history, they haven't existed. It's mostly just a geographic barrier. Which is still something that still very significant. used to their existence. Still very significant. Yeah. Um so as soon as Huashong arrives, he was challenged to battle. So he just got his troops. He just got to Hula Pass. He was challenged to battle. He, On sight. He brought his troops out to pass into formation, and he looked ahead. The war flags in front of him did not say Sun Jian. What? Who, 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 who is this? Isn't Sun Jian the vanguard? So Hashun's kind of puzzling. Um, well, apparently, one of the lesser warlords has sent his brother here to claim the pass before Sun Jian can get here. Oh my. Because I mean, there's 18 warlords and they're already trying to win glory and accolades ahead of the vanguard. And they just want to kind of get their own fame up. Everyone's kind of really for themselves is, is the point. They're going to get clapped. And this is kind of one of the issues with having 18 warlords mm-hmm. and huge armies. Everyone's trying to get their own piece of the meat. Too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Hua Xiong, you know, didn't really, wasn't really phased, didn't really care who he was. So he immediately challenged the opposite general to a duel. The incoming general did not even manage to survive one battle <gasps> with Hua Xiong. He killed him like and was sh- cut down. Oh yep, God. it was it was a it was they met in the middle and before they came even across, like the horses came across, the guy was killed. And Sun Jin arrived shortly after, and both sides entered a messy and bloody battle that lasted all night. Screams of men and horses filled the sky, blood run into rivers, and Sun Jin was decisively defeated. He has never suffered a defeat such as this. Sorry. <laughs> and Sun Janus was to be the like 
the product. Yeah, he's the tiger of the South, and he just got clapped. <laughs> He, he, he just got destroyed. I mean, to be fair, um, there is a um, there is a doctrine where if you arrive from afar to, to, into, to go into battle, um, your troops are tired. Yep. So yeah. if and you're fighting against a defensive force, you're right. probably it's not going to... It's different if you've been holed up there right. waiting for people exactly. to come versus yeah. marching across the country to be there. Right. Like, Especially with like a unit that big. Yeah. Exactly. A lot of resources have to be used. Yeah. So he got here, basically got slaughtered, and um, he routed. That's the thing about choke points, which is why Sweden is such a powerhouse. Switzerland? Mm-hmm. Switzerland is such a powerhouse. Because the Swiss house? Yes. Yeah. Also, Sorry, like, Sweden Vietnam and Switzerland. Vietnam was a shit show. And that. that <laughs> <laughs> we're like, we can't be landing. We're like, I don't know where the fuck I, I am. <laughs> where are these people coming from? Yeah, that was rough. Um, so, Sun Jin... In his defeat, they retreated back several miles, set up camp, kind of trying to hold their ground a little bit. Sparing no moment, Hua Xiong sets up an ambush around the camp that night. <gasps> what will happen? Will Sun Jin get captured? Find out on the next episode. Damn. Boom! <laughs>